The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss international digital marketing strategies. Joining us is Natalie Kelly, who is the author of Take Your Company Global, The New Rules for International Expansion, which is a book based on Kelly's experience building global businesses at companies including HubSpot and Rebrandly. And today, Natalie and I are going to discuss why you need a market intensification strategy. Okay, here's my conversation with Natalie Kelly, the author of Take Your Company Global. Natalie, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Excited to have you on the show. You know, today we're talking about market intensification strategies. Sounds very serious. I think the term you used in our pre-planning meeting was uh, highfalutin. (laughs) It sounds very fancy. Tell me what a market intensification strategy actually is. So I think a long time ago when companies went global, they used to think about entering a new market or worse than that is conquering a new market. It was very much about like going in. But the difference is in the digital age, people are online. You have a global audience from day one when you have a website, potentially. So it's really not about going into a new country. It's about further penetrating a market that you're already in and intensifying your presence there. So marketers today need to use different strategies than they used to when it was a heavier lift. It's more of an incremental process to expanding your presence in a new market today than it was, say, 10, 20 years ago. And this is only increasing as we have more digital channels to use with broader audience, broader global reach. So anyone can have access to your website and or therefore digital products, right? I can, um, we have launched martechpod.com. And people can come from all around the world to view our content. Now, all of our content's in English, so that removes like 70% of the world's population. And in addition, just because we have content that can be accessed doesn't mean we have an international presence. What's the difference between accessibility and actually having a marketing strategy targeting different countries? 
Yeah. So there's the access issue. Like, can your content even be accessed around the world by people? And you just mentioned language, which is a key part of it. Although there are more and more tools that even if you only produce content in English, people can still convert that into another language easily with tools like Google Translate and other AI tools now that make that pretty instantaneous and easy. But there is a big difference between just having availability and then actually intentionally driving traffic to those places where they can access that content and also figuring out how are we going to monetize that? Once we get them there, what's our strategy? What's the downstream step that happens next? And how do we convert that traffic volume or visitors, whatever metric you care about? How do we convert that to the next phase, the next phase, the next phase to help our company grow? So that's really what we're talking about when we think about market intensification. It's about having a clear strategy for making sure that we're driving the right type of traffic from the right geographies and even the right segments within those geographies to make sure that we are being super intentional about how we are growing our presence in a given market. And it is important because a lot of companies this day and age, let's say you have a big SEO play and you optimize a lot for English speaking visitors, and you're attracting more and more English visitors from different countries. Many companies do this and they have some SEO uplift because they're investing in content creation. They have an inbound marketing strategy. Whatever the reason is, they see an uplift in traffic in English, but they can't control where it's coming from. So suddenly they might see false signals like, oh, look at our traffic from India. We should do something about that. Let's hire some salespeople in India. Let's invest in programs for India. But they haven't necessarily even thought about, are we offering the right product for that market? Do they have the same goals? Is it actually the same profile? (laughs) Is it the same price point? Do we offer the right currency? Do we offer the right payment methods? How do they even value what we're trying to sell? So I think it can be very misleading from a marketing perspective when you see some of these signals that get you all excited, like, oh, there must be a product market fit (laughs) in this country that we didn't expect. It can really mislead a lot of companies down the wrong path where they start making major investments in these markets before they're actually operationally ready in the rest of their business. Yeah, it's interesting. I was going to ask you about that. First off, I would assume in the market intensification strategy is finding the right geographies. And let's make the assumption here that we have a U.S. presence in English and we get traffic from various international countries. Just because you have traffic doesn't necessarily mean that there's a great business in all of those markets. So tell me a little bit more about how you identify not just traffic, but business opportunity. So I have this another highfalutin term in the book. It's an acronym, essentially, and it's called the Maraca model. Maraca, Ma, Ra, and Ka. These are three components of a framework to help you figure that out. So how do we make sure that we are understanding which markets represent the most business opportunity? And this is a model that I used when I was a VP at HubSpot to help us with our international growth. And I've used it also in other places and published an article in Harvard Business Review with this model. A lot of companies are using it now, which is exciting to me because I wanted to give people a simple framework because international is inherently complex and gets people annoyed by how complex it is because everybody wants things to be simple and sorry, it's not, you know, it's just, there's a lot of elements to it. So I tried to boil it down into three key areas and MA basically stands for market availability. So how much market is there for you to capture with whatever you're selling? So that's MA. 
And then raw is actually real-time analytics. So that's how are you performing in that market today? What does your data show that you are seeing in your traffic and your conversion rates and all of those different things that matter? And then CA is actually the most important part, and that's customer addressability. And that is how prepared are we as a business to actually address the market, the demand, the customer needs in that market. And in that bucket, you've got a lot of different things that you can look at, like, do we offer the right currency? Do we offer the right payment methods? Do we have the right channels? Do we have a reseller channel? Do we have local connections? Can we employ people there? Things like that all go into that customer addressability bucket. So those are the three kind of zoomed out, simplified (laughs) elements of the framework. But I have a whole chapter in my new book about that topic because one Harvard Business Review article couldn't go into all the nuance. So that's why I have the book that expands on it in a lot more detail. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. It's interesting. You you mentioned SEO before as a marketing channel. And as you're talking about the Mara Ka framework, my head went to this is very similar to how SEOs think about keyword optimization, which is how much traffic does a given keyword get? What's the opportunity? What's the competitive landscape look like? How much share are we already getting? You know, do we have a chance to rank for this keyword? And then if we're able to rank for this keyword, is there some sort of business intent? Can we serve this customer and drive conversions? So sounds like the framework is relatively similar, which is, is there an opportunity? Do we have a chance at penetrating this market? And if we do, are we set up to actually be successful? When you put it that way, it doesn't seem too terribly complicated, but you've written an entire book about this. The book's called Take Your Company Global. Mm-hmm. Where does the level of complexity come in if it's as simple as, well, is there opportunity? How many people are there and can we serve them? It can't be that simple. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, you can make it as simple or as complex as you want. I think just like SEO, actually. 
It's really interesting on that customer addressability bucket. It's hard to dial it down to just less than 10 things, for example, because there's so much that can go into it, like pricing and packaging. For example, if you're selling a software product and you want to target India because you're seeing a lot of traffic coming in from India that's English speaking because high population country, you might have to ask yourself, okay, is our price actually what they're willing to pay in that market for the same value? But also how do they perceive the value? Do we even know And that relates to your point about buyer intent on the SEO keyword strategy. But it's also more than that. It's really understanding the customer and knowing how they value the different aspects of that package. So for example, a lot of enterprise software companies will sell subscription to the software plus implementation services. If you're trying to sell that exact model in India, it might not go so well because they might not value the implementation services the same way someone in the US market might because they might have people plentiful of population availability who can easily implement the software for them at a low cost. So maybe they're not going to want to pay for that, but maybe they will pay more for some other type of consulting or training or something else that they can't get locally. So it's really understanding the nuances of each market and optimizing your packaging for that market. And so What I like to use this customer addressability piece for is to really help companies understand and think through, do they actually even understand the market that they're targeting? Because it can be very easy when you're sitting back looking at a spreadsheet, like, oh, look at these numbers. A lot of times we get very into our spreadsheets and our numbers, and we think that we know more than we do, and we miss the qualitative piece because we're so focused on the quantitative. I think that's definitely a challenge with international is people just make assumptions about why things aren't working. And really, sometimes it's a small tweak that could dramatically improve all the metrics. As with everything in life, success in marketing is often an exercise in saying no. When you think about the market intensification strategy, I want your thoughts on how to figure out if you should be targeting new markets. I used the example before of you know a US-based, let's call it a software company that's getting traffic from all around the world. How do you figure out if you need to expand and if you're ready for that before you get into the like, well, India versus Italy, which one's a better market for us? I think it all comes down to defining what your goals are and knowing why you think you need to go international and to be proactive about it versus reactive. Whenever a company comes and says, oh, we're seeing this in our data, we think we should do something about it. I always go back to what are the overall business goals that you have because your international strategy should complement and boost your overall strategy. So For example, if a company is seeing a slowdown in their domestic market, because let's say they have high competition and it's a crowded market, but they see there's this interest or hunger in some of their real-time analytics from, say, Germany, the English-speaking enterprise customers in Germany are hitting their website and suddenly they're seeing they're growing and they're monetizing and they're resulting in revenue. Well, then the question might be, okay, what is our business goal here? Is it to increase our overall growth rate? And are we seeing that the German cohort is helping us achieve that? Or is it the retention of those customers is much higher? And so therefore, we think if we concentrate there, it's going to boost our overall retention and maybe our LTV to CAC numbers if you're in B2B SaaS. Another possibility might just be simply, we want to increase our pace of growth. And we think that some of these markets where we have less competition could be the best way to do that. But you have to always weigh it against other strategies to accomplish the same thing. 
So what I like to do is really make sure companies have a clear goal in mind for international that aligns to their overall business strategy, because if they don't, it becomes like the redheaded stepchild. And I can say that because I'm a redhead, (laughs) (laughs) becomes like the redheaded stepchild of the organization and it's individual heroics and a couple of passionate champions trying to push the international agenda all the time. What you need is full buy-in from the rest of the company to really make sure that international is going to fuel your overall objectives, whether that's increase the growth, increase retention, improve profitability, whatever it may be. Not all opportunities are created alike. And as you're thinking about market intensification, as you're thinking about expanding beyond your domestic borders and looking for other markets, maraka, you need to look for whether there is an opportunity how large it is, what's going to be the challenge for you to penetrate that market. And if you do actually get the attention of those consumers, can you service them? Now, before you actually get to that part, you need to stop and think about whether that is the right strategy for you. Just because you're getting a signal that says there is opportunity to expand into another country, look, that takes effort, analysis, resources, commitment, investment, all of those things can potentially detract from your core market. So it has to be a coherent, strategic decision to be able to expand into markets. But when you do, well, the world is your oyster. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Natalie Kelly, the author of Take Your Company Global. Join us again tomorrow when Natalie and I continue our conversation discussing how you can choose the best digital strategy for your international business. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Natalie, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Natalie Kelly. That's N-A-T-A-L-Y-K-E-L-L-Y. Or you could visit her blog, which is borntobeglobal.com. And on borntobeglobal.com, you can find a link to her book, Take Your Company Global. You can also look on Amazon to find Take Your Company Global as well. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the Martech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.